Welcome to The Authentic Girls Club. We are Charlotte and Kat and we have spent the last few years lifting the lid on our lives. We decided to stop waiting for things to change and instead be that change with all of our hearts. In that decision, we have got to see all that is so possible when we step out of our own way. And we are so excited to help you do the same. We get one life, right? So let's choose to live it authentically, aligned, and to its fullest. We are here to empower, to inspire, and to encourage you to simply take your next step today and to be so proud of yourself along the way. In this podcast, we will be sharing our real and raw moments with you and all that we have done to create the lives we love now. So let's jump straight in. Hello, how are you doing? I'm very good, thank you. How are you? I am good. I am good, thank you. And I'm excited because we've got a guest on the podcast. Oh, I do love a guest podcast. I do, I do, I do. But we're not alone today. So we have the wonderful Natalie Britt joining us today. Now, Natalie is a coach for parents and founder of Big Happy Life. And we had the absolute pleasure of meeting Natalie, didn't we, back in May this year, um, because Natalie is coming into our membership in September um, for a masterclass, which is The Secret to Living a Stress-Free Life, where she will be teaching her BSET behaviour change model to our wonderful members, which we cannot wait for. We're so excited for that. Um, And I knew once we got on that Zoom with Natalie straight away, we're like, we absolutely want you as a guest in the podcast. We really, really do. Um, So we brought Natalie on to share her story, the incredible work she does and how doing the inner work has really helped her on her own personal journey. So Natalie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. What a lovely intro. Yes. (laughs) Oh, it's so great to have you here. It really is. And um, yeah, we're just excited for this episode today. So let's let's kick off. Let's dive straight in. So what we love to do is um, for our listeners to get to know you is just ask you really to share a little bit about your story, who you are, how you kind of got to where you are today and kind of what your mission and purpose is. So it's a biggie, isn't it? It's kick kick off with the big stuff. So, yeah, just tell us a bit about you, Natalie. Sure. Um, so, well, I've worked in learning and development that was sort of my 20-year career I wanted to be an actress so I think I just needed a career where I was going to be like hey look at me everybody uh you know front of the room talking to everyone and um over time that sort of evolved into this job where my whole job was about helping people learn about their habits how they created what was normal for them and I did that in organizations so I worked with leaders and their teams and the whole point was to get people performing at their best but in such a way that they kind of all bring out the best in each other and there's some kind of connection between them and my business expanded I got married uh, we bought a home and you know gradually all the pieces are falling into place and you're like oh yes this is nice you know I'm building my my big life and then my husband and I were on holiday in Barbados and we were lying by the pool and I was like is this it 
you know? Are we just going to work our butts off and then go on nice holidays and then go back and work our butts off? And that's, you know, pretty much it. And I'd been, I was in my kind of mid, late 30s at that point. And I was like, this isn't right. Something's not right. And I've always said, I don't want kids. I've never wanted to be a parent, but it had started to niggle. And I was like, I think that's what's missing. Like I need to be a parent, but I didn't, for whatever reason, I still don't really fully understand why I didn't want to have birth children I wanted to adopt. And so we started on the adoption journey and that took us about three years. And then you know the sort of coming together of our family I was convinced like this is it this is the moment and the theoretical big happy life came into play but all of the work that I had been doing in the corporate world all of that stuff about you know what makes people connect and how do you really see people for who they are I thought was going to be standing me in really good stead to be the kind of mom that a child needs who's experienced early life trauma and we had all these training courses as part of the adoption process. And I was like, yep, you know, I've got this covered. I'm going to be amazing. And I, I really wasn't. I really wasn't. Um, I mean, I, I can't even describe to you how much I felt like I fell short um, and how much I felt like I was just letting them down to such a chronic degree that... I never, I never, not once did I regret having done it, but the number of times I thought, what the hell have you done saddling them with you? Like they could have had somebody better and now they've got you. You've totally messed this up. And that sort of sparked quite a long and quite deep depression. Um, so it's quite a heavy load to bear when kids have been through a hell of a lot and then you're like, now you've made it worse. Um, and then I was like, right, you're going to have to find a way out. Like, if you're going down, they're coming with you. So you better get up. Like, you've got to get up. And it started me on this journey. And at first, I, I created a blog. It was called Trigger Mommy. And I wrote regularly about how my emotions were being triggered and my stress was being triggered and this was being triggered and that was being triggered. And then I was like, hmm. in my work, I would always tell people not to focus on the problem but to focus on the thing you want and then start walking towards it in whatever way you can. So then I was like, well, what do I want? Well, I wanted this big life to feel happy. That's what I was aiming for. So let's go for that. So I was like, okay, big, happy life. Let's go. And that sort of started me on the road of like, how do I build it for myself? And over time, the things that I discovered, I started thinking people don't know this stuff. Like, the kinds of things that I was doing in my efforts to manage how stressed I was and how overwhelmed I was, I had no idea were making things worse. I had no idea. And as a result of the habits that I had, I was keeping myself perpetually in a low energy, high, high stress state. Um, and only when I started to change those things did I even begin to get the headspace that I needed to start thinking clearly mm. and even having the energy to show up the way I wanted and so big happy life as a company then became my business because I started thinking like so many of us are so hard on ourselves but half of us don't know 
how to help ourselves. And so that's really what Big Happy Life is about now. Wow, what a story. Like, that's just incredible. And oh, yeah, I just I was literally drawn in, like literally just listening and listening to that. Like so inspirational. Thank you for sharing all of that. No, yeah, thank absolutely. Thank you for sharing. And so much in that, just like Charlotte just says, listening so intently to that. And the one one of the first things she said was that, that moment where you and your husband were like, is this it? You know, I kind of related that like straight away, not in terms of parenting, but just in a completely different way, a different point in my life. I was like, is this it? Because you think like, you, you know, you work to all these things that you think you want and then you get there and you're like, I'm sure there's something else. I'm sure there's more. Um, yeah. So thank you. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. And what I'd love to ask a little bit further on then, Natalie, is you mentioned about habits. So um, Big Happy Life, incredible name for the business, by the way. Absolutely love it. Um, you have the statement, change your habits, change your life, change your legacy, which Charlotte and I absolutely love and 100% agree with. So I'd just love to kind of dig a little bit deeper into that, into that statement and just hear more on that in terms of like, it sounds like it starts with the changing of the habits. Yeah, I think it does. I think... There was a saying, I had it on my wall for a while, right at the beginning that said, how you do anything is how you do everything. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it really, it really resonated with me because I started to see my patterns. Once that, that saying was up in front of me every day, I started to think about it more at a deeper level of like, you know, little things like I would have the parts of my house that people would see were tidy, but the parts that no one saw were in complete chaos. But I'm like, but I don't really want to live in chaos, but I only deal with the stuff that people can see. That's interesting. Where else does that pattern show up in my life? Um, And habits are a bit like that in that the patterns that are under our habits are often, you know, like I would, another one was secret eating. Like I've had problems with food my entire life. In front of people when I'm out socially, I have no problem with discipline, like none. But by myself, when no one's looking, I really struggled. And that kind of thing replicated throughout my life. Um, And so looking at the little things we do and the little ways we neglect ourselves and the little ways that we prioritize what other people think or the things that sort of chip away at us. Those things are our habits. And Mm -hmm. one by one, those tiny things, when we begin to change them, we start to change how we feel about ourselves and we start to change then what we think is possible for us. And it can be such tiny little things, but when you do them, you're like, "Mm, I did that. You know, there was one, um, there was a lady who was on my podcast a while back and she's, um, she does sort of home organization and decluttering your environment as a way of helping you declutter your mind. And we spoke about our homes and the kinds of things we just ignore. And I remember talking to her about on that day when I recorded, there was sock fluff on the stairs in my home that had been there for about three days. And I had walked past the stock fluff. Every time I walked past it, I was like, I need to pick that up, but I didn't. <laughs> and then I was like, you know, I'm, I'm at that time I was starting the business. I was trying to get it off the ground. And I was like, 
but now I'm trying to start a business, but I'm the woman who can't even pick up sock fluff. Mm. Like she doesn't get stuff done, you know? Yeah. And so the little, we don't realize the tiny little ways we rob ourselves of a moment in time that says, you've got this, you can do it. And when we just make those tiny decisions each time to be like, of course I can do this. I can bend down and pick up the soft fluff. And then every time you pass the stair, you're like, yep, I did it. Yeah, I did it. Yes. <laughs> and instead of it being a little, you haven't done that. It's a little buzz of, woohoo. Yeah. That's not there anymore. I so they all add up. That. I love that so much. And one of the ones like right in the beginning for me was going to the loo when I needed to go to the loo because I used to hold on and hold on and not go. And I was like, now I'm like, oh, I need to, I'm going, I'm going. And it's like those little moments, like you say, that are just really honoring yourself and, and doing the things and showing yourself that you can. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love that. Love yeah. that. And so showing much. yourself that you care and that you matter enough to do this stuff for. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I love that. Yeah, change it your is, habits, change yeah, your life, change life, your, change legacy, your legacy. legacy. Oh, And it is yeah. a manoeuvre, isn't it? Because often, I don't know what your thoughts are on this, Natalie, but we can look for change in life externally. You know, we wait for things to change or people to change or situations to change where, would you say, it actually starts with self, like bringing it back to self, yeah. bringing it back to how we operate as people in terms of our habits and our patterns yeah. and that's kind of the starting point to see you know to see then your life change in in better and different ways oh definitely the thing well see one of the things that I've learned in all of this research and when I did my degree in psychology and I started studying all of this stuff was that when you are well for anyone in a modern world you can always look outside yourself and you will always find reasons to be stressed like if you start going, oh, I do feel like I've got a tightness in my chest. I feel a bit tense today. Why am I tense? Like you will always be able to find a reason. Your brain will answer that question for you and you'll have plenty to choose from most likely. But what few of us are taught is why is that bothering me enough to make me tense? Mm-hmm. And that's a different question. And so for a lot of us, like for me, one of the things that came out of of doing a lot of this inner work was I was going through my life with this perpetual voice in my head about how I just wasn't good enough and everything had to be perfect. So, you know, an eight out of 10 didn't cut it. Yeah. So I'm, you know, absolutely half killing myself and then beating myself with a stick for what little bit I've missed. Mm. And then looking around in the environment and going, why am I so stressed? Well, because mm-hmm. there's like 95 things that still need done and I can't get them all done. My kid won't put his shoes on. This isn't happening. That's, you know, whatever's wrong. Finances are over here because the car's just broken or like whatever's happened. And at no point did it occur to me to go, well, the reason that all of this is so heavy is because there is no part of me that knows how to find s- space and peace inside myself so I'm waiting for space and peace to present itself in my world but it's not going to because that's just not how modern life works so it wasn't until I started learning to cultivate it that it 
started to change. I mean, things still bother me. Don't get me wrong. Like I do get stressed mm-hmm. and I do get angry and I do sometimes lose it with my kids. But I was, it was so perpetual that I couldn't actually enjoy the life I had built. Mm-hmm. And I think for a lot of us, I think it feels that way. And it's just such a shame because we work so hard to create the lives that we think we're going to love. And I think we deserve to love them. So figuring that out, I think is yeah. is a real gift to ourselves. And then in terms of the change your life, change your legacy part, I think, I think it's made a difference to my kids. Like mm-hmm. I notice it particularly in my son. Um, he was the youngest of the two. Most of us think in adoption that the older one is going to be the one who's going to be hit the hardest. Um, and often they are, it's, you know, it's different for different kids. In our family, the one who the trauma has shown up with the most is the youngest. And he was pre-verbal when he came. So we couldn't communicate with him through words, but he um, he was okay with my husband, but he didn't want to come near me. And he was, when when John went back to work, it was just him and I in the house. My daughter was already at school and he was, he would be screaming and crying. He would bang his head on the floor. He was inconsolable, but he wouldn't let me come near him. And so if I tried to comfort him, things got worse. Mm. And so we were these two people in the house. I'd be sitting near him crying. He'd be on the floor banging his fists or banging his head. And we couldn't help each other. And my stress, I think, resonated through him in a way that I don't think either of us could comprehend. And it wasn't until I started doing this work and I started being able to regulate myself that he and I began to be able to bond because I think being able to be in his space and being able to exude something other than, (laughs) you know, um, that I think has changed our entire relationship. And I hope for him will mean that what his life becomes will be something less anxiety filled Mm -hmm. and less driven by some of the really hard things that he's been through. But I don't think I could have done that for him in the absence of doing some of this for myself first. Wow. That's amazing. And what an inspiration. That part of your story is so inspirational. And I cannot even imagine, you know, that journey. But I imagine, you know, having, like you say, having to do do that for yourself first is so important, isn't it? And I think this is what we come up against is we're so giving, aren't we? We want to like give, give, give. And it's about, no, we've got to give to ourselves first to be able to give to others more effectively. And it takes a lot to do that, doesn't it? I feel like it's a lot of internal programming of like, this doesn't feel right to give myself time or invest in myself or give myself those things that I need. But that has 100% been the best change that I've made is to go, I matter too. And when I matter, I can be more me and give more and be the person I want to be um and that takes a lot to do though doesn't it (laughs) really does it really really does and we think we're being selfish but the thing is when there's nothing left of you to give yeah you can't give anything so the only option is to top it up Mm -hmm. and then you've got more to give and the more you've got to give the more you can give And also the weird thing is, this was the funny, I remember being on the adoption training and they did this exercise with us where 
they got this woman to stand in the center of the room and they said, okay, you are the adopted child. And they tied this piece of string around her waist and then they got another volunteer to come up and she stood at the other side of the room and they tied the other side of that same string to her. So these two women are now tied together. The one in the middle of the room, they said, you're the adopted child. And to the other woman, they said, you are the birth mom. Then they got another person, new piece of string, tied it around the woman in the center. The other person, you are the birth dad. Then the adopted mom, adopted dad, social workers, various people, until this woman is standing in the center and all of these people were around her, tied to her with their own pieces of string. So it's basically looking like a wheel made of yeah. people and string. Yeah. And then to all of us on the outside, they went, pull. And all of us had to pull our strings at the same time. And this woman in the middle buckled. And they went, this is what your child is up against. The past, the present, the future, and all of these relationships are pulling on them. And you have to help them to strengthen themselves. And you also have to reduce the pulls. And I remember sitting there thinking, first of all, wow. Um, you know, you never think about it as people from the past, the present and the future pulling on you. But when you think about how our minds work, we're all at the center of our own wheels. Mm -hmm. The people from your past and my past, like they shape how we think and how we feel, whether we feel like this is a good thing or a bad thing. They're all there with us all the time. But the reason that I share that with you is because one of the things I noticed in doing this work for myself was how hard things pull on me often is reduced. So if I take my son as an example, that relationship was one of the biggest pulls I had. I was buckling unbelievably under the pressure of that. But when I started to change, his bond and mine got stronger and his pull became a bit less. Yeah. And so the relationship gains a level of comfort that wasn't there before. And becomes almost like a, is more a source of meaning and joy. And the more it's grown, the more it's become that. I mean, he's eight now and we're going through the whole like, I'm not doing anything and <laughs> shut up, you know. Yeah, <laughs> that's a fun age. No, there's a fair amount of pulling still there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, what I, what I have found is the more we do this work, the more we start having an impact on the things around us that pull and they do start to pull less. So mm -hmm. actually we end up creating a lot less stress cycles mm -hmm. and that's worth doing too. Wow. Wow. That's oh. a great way of looking at it, isn't it? it Just is. to, I'm, I'm a really visual person and I don't think that'll leave me like at mm -hmm. all. And yeah, reducing that pull and that, and, and like you say, that's creating that space for ourselves. That's the thing that we don't do. And I picked up on this when you said it before, like I remember craving space or like time to do something else or like to just do something. And then I'd get it. Like my husband would take my daughters out for a couple of hours or something and I wouldn't know how to fill it. So I suppose in this, what would your kind of take be on that? You know, for if anyone wanted to create that space but didn't know how or where to start, what your advice would be on that? Oh, probably two things. In your case, in that type of thing where you know it's coming up, I'd say probably prepare mm -hmm. so that you have an idea. Like, what do I need? If I'm going to give this to myself as a gift, not I'm going to use this time to catch up on stuff. Yeah. Like, if this is 
just for me and I could literally wrap it and present it to myself with a bow on it, what would I put inside? Mm. Um, and I think for a lot of us, some of the challenge with that is we don't feel deserving of that. Mm. So if that comes up for people, that's also worth looking at is, okay, that's interesting that I feel like I'm somehow letting people down. Like if I don't do the washing while they're out, or if I don't strip the beds, then I I'm doing something wrong. Well, that's interesting. Where's that coming from? Because that has its roots somewhere. And that's been internalized through your experiences and through your earlier relationships. So at this point, you get to decide whether to keep running that same pattern or whether to go, actually, do you know what? That was my mom's pattern because my mom pretty much sacrificed herself to do this, that, and the next thing. And I have followed that pattern, but I can choose another option. And maybe I'm just going to use this two hours as an experiment. Mm -hmm. I don't know how I'm going to feel about it, but let's see. So I think, first of all, preparing. Secondly, if it feels really uncomfortable to you, go into that discomfort and explore it and see if you can figure out where did it come from? Like whose voice is it that you're actually hearing in your head that's telling you it's not okay? When was it, when did you first hear that voice? Um, or who role modeled that behavior for you? Those are always interesting questions. And then in terms of more regularly creating space, my preference is always the morning. I don't know if everyone can always do that, but I think for me, that's how even at the beginning where pretty much most days still went really stressfully and I almost always felt like I just wasn't quite getting to the mark. If I gave myself an hour or so in the morning that was just for me, I always had an hour banked where I'd go, no matter what else happens today, I had a good hour. Yeah. Yeah. And I did something that made me feel like I was becoming the person I imagined prior to my children arriving. Like I spent an hour being her. Yeah. <laughs> now, yeah. now I get a chance to kind of intentionally go into the day. Um, and the more I did that, the more those intentions started to spread. It's not an instant thing. So it's mm -hmm. not like, oh, I set my intentions and then I just show up like that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know, we, we are human and we do get it wrong. But um, in fact, I don't even like that word, the right and wrong thing. We are human and things don't always yeah. go the way we intend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but for me, the morning makes a big difference in setting that up. And if people can't do mornings, then I'd say wherever there's a space that you can reliably carve it out for yourself, mm. even if it's 15 minutes, mm -hmm. that you do ring fence it and you do something in that time that is about nothing else than topping up your cup, for yeah. want of a better way to put it. Yeah. Um, and for different people, that looks different. Mm -hmm. There's lots of practices that help, but, you know, not all people like all the practices. So it's really about finding the things that work for you that make you feel good. Yeah, Amazing. it's that discovery, isn't it? Going on that, I like what you, like, I feel like this whole conversation is just very explorative and like just asking yourself, like, you know, these things and just discovering and trying and pivoting and yeah, that 
I think that's been my journey for this past couple of years. And it's led me to some incredible places where I'm like, I didn't used to read, for example. I was like, and that, well, gosh, I mean, this is going a bit deep now, but that story came from, I was a slow reader in school. So I never felt like I could finish a book. But I started to just go, I don't need to finish a book. Let's just start by reading a few pages when I feel called to read a few pages those few pages turn into chapters. By the time I knew it, I was reading all kinds of self-development books and loving it. But it's just this nature of just going, I'm going to give it a go. Like, let's do something different, isn't it? Um, And I love the morning thing because we're morning people as well. And like that, like, like you say, because there's nothing getting in the way of that. You've set your alarm, you're up, you've just you're doing it (laughs) and it's like I see it as like planting seeds for the day isn't it and no it doesn't always go right but you've planted a seed over here that might just sprout up from you know that intention that you've set or that piece of gratitude that you then like look at your husband and go oh yeah like you know just those little things that have just crept up so yeah I really love that (laughs) yeah I used to um yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, we are morning people now, aren't we? But I used to um, have a lovely label that I was not a morning person and it just wasn't serving me. And I, I, it was only a couple of years ago, wasn't it, Shah? I just decided yeah. to like, let's change that. Let's change that story. Let's change that belief because I'd read the book, The 5am Club. I was so desperate to claim back my mornings, but it started off so small. It started with 10 minutes earlier than I would get up normally. And I'd just sit with a cup of tea and a meditation and I'd sit with my eyes cl- uh, eyes open. I didn't even have my eyes closed at the time. Just it's those small steps, isn't it, to kind of changing those beliefs and those stories. And like you've mentioned, Natalie, like changing those patterns. And that becomes that's become a new habit for me now. And now I, you know, I proudly say I am a morning person. It doesn't always go to plan every morning, but the intentions <laughs> there. Um, and I just also want to reflect on the um, response you said about when you know, how you carve out the time for you. Obviously, Charlotte, in your experience, you were like, I don't know what to do with this time. Mm-hmm. So the planning, I think, is absolutely, is a really key message there. And then for for those that feel the guilt around it, or, you know, this feels uncomfortable spending time on me, the response you shared, which I absolutely love, is like, it's just seeing what could I, this is interesting. That's what yeah. you said, that this is interesting. You know, just being curious mm-hmm. with those th- feelings and thoughts that come up. And then how you said, see the hour as an experiment, you know, just kind of being really open and willing to like, okay, I'm not going to put any expectations on this time. And I'm just going to see what happens and see this as an experiment. I just love that reframe of, you know, the thoughts of like, oh, this is interesting, rather than just a jumping to like, beating ourselves up or just kind of, yeah, being unkind to ourselves more and more. It's this is interesting. What can we, what can I learn from this? It's a, a completely different approach, isn't it? Which is really open and willing yeah I think that's that's come over time because one of the key lessons I think it came quite late actually was this I think it, I, I sort of started down a more spiritual path after the habits piece started to take root um, a bit like you Charlotte I started doing more and more reading and the more I read the more into different things I went and I remember starting to read a bit more spiritual and a bit more um, kind of philosophical type stuff. And there was one thing that I read that was about, I think it might've been The Untethered Soul. It might've been in that book, I'm not sure. Um, But there was this story about a monk um, who had gone into a cave to go and live and to sort of exercise all of his demons. 
Um, and that all of these demons sort of manifested in, in a form and gradually over time, he managed to fight some of them and he managed to get some of them out, but there was one that just wouldn't leave. And no matter what he did, he couldn't get rid of it. It just wouldn't go until eventually he just sat down and was like, you can stay. It's fine. I don't mind you being here. It's okay. And it left. And the whole point of the story was we're so busy fighting the parts of ourselves that we keep hidden, the emotions that we think we're either not supposed to have or that they're too big or that they're wrong in some way. I shouldn't be angry with him because he was doing his best. I shouldn't feel this because of that. I shouldn't be sad anymore because enough time has passed. Like we have all of these rules around our feelings. But what if we just let them be? Because they are there. And, and to look at them as being like, first of all, you're totally fine. You can stay. It's okay. But then I also kind of learned you're here because you're speaking to me. Like you have a message because all of our emotions have a message. Our anger tells us that a boundary that we hold has been violated and that mm -hmm. that's not okay with us. What was the boundary? Mm -hmm. Where's the anger come from? What's behind the anger? And you can't get there while you're fighting it because you're too busy fighting it. Yeah. So like for me, one of the things I had like the, the biggest, biggest problem, I'm changed my label, but I would have said prior when I was carrying all of those labels was I'm a hot tempered person. I'm fiery and quick to temper. So when you have little kids, that's difficult because you're shouty mom quite quickly. And I was like, I don't want to be shouty mom. <laughs> um, a friend of mine actually runs, um, she has a group called the Shouty Moms Club. And that's her whole thing is talking about moms and anger, because I think a lot of us feel that way. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I was definitely that. And only when I started to go into it and I was like, it's not anger. It's powerlessness. It's when nothing that I do makes any difference. I can say anything, I can do anything, and you don't react, or nothing that I do makes any difference. And that takes me back to being a little kid. Like, I remember that feeling of, I may as well be in a glass box with the soundproofing, because, like, <laughs> I can't make any difference in the world kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Um, And so when... I then started learning a little bit about how emotions play out. And this is quite a lot of what features in BSET in my behavior change method is often what you're reacting to is from another time. Mm. And when you start, you can't find that until you welcome the emotion. And then once you do, and you find the root cause and then it starts to dissipate because then you're like, now when I feel that anger rise and I'm like, oh, it's because I'm feeling powerless okay, well, I'm probably not powerless in the situation. What do I need to do for myself right now? Mm -hmm. And then I can sort of regulate myself before going in and having the conversation with my son or deciding, do you know what? It's actually not that big a deal. If he's not going to put his shoes on, then he's going to school barefoot. Like, yeah, well, yeah. you have to work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. It's just such a beautiful journey, isn't it? Doing the inner work and building that relationship we have with ourselves and just getting curious. And the way you speak, Natalie, about it, it's just it's inviting and opening those conversations with self, isn't it? Like, yeah. what is the message here? Rather than spending that energy fighting that anger, it's exhausting, isn't it? 
It's exhausting mm-hmm. and we don't yes. get anywhere. It's taking a step back and having a moment to breathe and go, okay, this demon light is persistent. So let's just take a seat together and yeah. figure out what's going on here. <laughs> yeah. And then he just gets a seat, have a cup of tea. Yeah, yeah, invite <laughs> them in. And then they just get up and walk away because the force is no longer there. Mm. And it's actually just opened that conversation, thinking like, thank you for that message. I can learn and grow from this. It's wonderful, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Really I love is. this part of this journey as well, because I feel like when there's been points in time where I feel like the inner work can feel quite big and scary, but actually it's about healing as we go. Would you say the same? Like it's healing and growing when these things pop up, having that bit of curiosity around it, asking those questions releasing it how we can in that moment and the the kind of knock-on effect of that when you do that consistently is incredible because like you say it does just need that stop fighting let it in see it for what it is release it keep going like the more we do that like oh it's been yeah quite a journey I mean my worth has been something that um we've spoken about just just recently quite a lot when I um first set up the authentic girls club and I signed on to the first call I was excited I was ready to do it I was like how all the feels did the call got some incredible feedback I was on top of the world and then I woke up the next day and literally I was like oh my goodness oh my goodness like I don't deserve to do this. Who on earth am I to do this? Like I was just all the doubts, all the, just those feelings came rushing in. And I just had to work through that and go, why? Because you just received some incredible feedback from a wonderful call that you were so excited about. And when I broke that down, it was like, I don't feel like I'm worthy of of doing that. And like, come on, Charlotte, like, yes, you are. Let's start just getting curious about that. And seeing what so one of the things that I actually did write back in the day was create myself a little self-kindness book so I'd write in all the lovely things that that members would say after they'd signed out of the call or if they'd sent me like a, a message and that really helped me work through that story of not feeling enough and just going I'm doing this like here's here's the proof like why why do I have to read it once I have to write it and read it again yeah <laughs> That's such a cool idea. Yeah, it really, really helped me um, just to, and I still had this, this came up in our call this morning, like receive a compliment, Charlotte, or receive things and receive them well, like really just take those on rather than diverting. So yeah, that's one of them, one of the biggies for me, for sure. Yeah. And that's, again, that's a legacy change. You know, if you think about it, if we grew up with people telling us that's how you receive a compliment. Yeah. But we grew up with like, don't brag don't boast you can't you you know underplay underplay don't stand up and don't stand out because people won't like you um and we have all that messaging and then you know we potentially watch our moms people say oh you look beautiful today oh this whole thing you know Mm -hmm. back the compliment away so a lot of these things are legacy things um that we've just watched other people Mm -hmm. have a kind of I must be humble I mustn't stand out I mustn't show that I'm proud of what I've done because that makes me look like I'm bragging. Yeah. Yeah. All that stuff. Yeah. You're relating to all this right now. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Like 100%. <laughs> oh, oh, and it's incredible because I think there's a lot of like crossovers of these kind of things, isn't it? It's through society of how it was. Like I remember there was um a Louise Hay little snippet of one of her, it was her empowered woman book. And it was just like um, she read out a um, snippet from a 1950s um, 
handbook that was taught in schools to women and oh my goodness it was crazy like it was like how um like you prepare the children for when your husband gets home like like wash their faces like don't speak to him when he gets in just make sure he's had a lovely day crazy things and it was interesting because I played it to my mum and my mum was like I know this and she's like I know all of this and it was so interesting to me because I was like that's not far away from like you know when you like that was like absurd to me I like I've, I've got my pajamas on one day I gets home like my mum still will like get dressed like I'm you know look like make an effort when my dad comes in that sounds awful I do not do that <laughs> but you know just like the levels of what we've grown up with and just how close that was in generations and mm -hmm. that we were bottom of the pile like that you know what was taught in schools then you're bottom of the pile like it was as plain to see so um yeah coming through that was really interesting that this way of life wasn't that far away mm -hmm. from like that feels like years yeah. ago but it's and, not and no wonder it's quite a maneuver you know yeah. from the bottom to the top yeah. But the, that's where the magic happens when we give to ourselves first because we can give from abundance rather than depleted pot, yes. can't we? So it's really important that we make that shift. Yeah. When you think yeah. about our moms, they weren't different women to us. No. They would have felt the same things we're feeling, mm. but they would have had to mask it because that was what was expected of them. Mm. Yeah. So imagine what they were carrying and what they would have been feeling. And there's no way for them to not pass some of that on mm -hmm. because they were living it every single day and they were doing their absolute best to show us how much they loved us and to show our dads how much they loved them yeah. or partners I mean I, again if I think about my parents generation if your partner was of a different gender if your partner was same gender then people were very judgy of that which fortunately that's also changed thank heavens um, but for most of us growing up, we would have had probably a, a mom and a dad, right? Yeah. Um, so even that, like when I think some of the people I know weren't even heterosexual and they were in marriages because they yeah. couldn't be themselves. Like generationally, mm -hmm. so much, we are one of the first generations who are allowed to say, actually, I want something different. Yeah. And and I'm okay to stand up and and ask for that. Yeah. Um, but we're changing a massive tide. Mm. So so many people in so many different ways. Um, and so I just think all of us just have to be a little kind with ourselves yeah. in whatever way we can, while we make sense of who we are and what we need, mm. so that we can put into the world some of the love that we bring and as best yeah. we can and it's from like you say such a compassionate place like to have gone through that and had to mask so much that's a lot isn't it like when you think that that like I just cannot even imagine like you know just what that was like and I think to now one of the quotes that I live by is be the change that I that you wish to see and I say that like in the world but also in my world that's in my family life so that my girls rather than just telling them to look after themselves be themselves being it and showing them and that's the most powerful way that we can like you say turn that tide isn't it and and move through this and 
with compassion and love for how we were brought up as well because then there were also amazing aspects like I look at my mum and I'm just like you literally did it all like you literally did it all like it was incredible but yeah we can stand up and we can put ourselves to the top of that and do the things and live the dreams we can so Natalie so you you are a coach for parents so big happy life is to work with parents to work on themselves to build better relationships or tell us us a little bit about that so how can people work with you in that in that capacity yeah so I basically work with parents who are struggling with their inner world so feeling not good enough feeling unworthy struggling to accept themselves and that that manifests in how they're interacting with their kids so maybe it might be that they are more shouty more short-tempered um judgmental those kinds of things and they don't want to keep passing that on they rather want to begin the legacy of self-acceptance and self-love so it's not about parenting strategies so much as almost self-parenting you know to bring that to yourself first I I sort of again I can't remember where I saw it or heard it or read it but there's this beautiful description where they said um, when you squeeze an orange why does orange juice come out and the answer is because that's what's inside it and when you think about us as parents who squeezes us more than anyone else in the world it's gonna be our kids yeah so they get what's inside because they squeeze us so hard yeah and so the work that I do with people is when you get squeezed if what comes out of you isn't something that you feel you want to leave as your legacy Mm. then we work on giving you the tools to build self-acceptance to build self-love and to build self-worth so that when you get squeezed it's more of that that comes out so it's easier to let go of some of the small things that sometimes we make a big deal of it's easier to have conversations with your child about how you feel or what's going on for you it's easier for you to be empathic with your child when you don't really understand what's going on for them you don't understand their emotions or their reactions it's easy to be more accepting when they don't do the things that you would have judged them for before, you know, they're not doing as well at school and you're like, oh, they have to do better. Come on, come on. You know, all of that stuff is coming from a place of, well, if you don't do that, you're not good enough. But that's starting inside you somewhere. And so if it's affecting the way you parent in such a way that it's, it's bothering you because that's not the legacy you want to leave, then that's the work that I do amazing oh I just love your the, the visualizations I'm just like right there and yes. I love that I'm not yes. forgetting the orange either I'm no. Like, yes. no it's like, important what's, what's inside isn't it yeah. it really is because what's yeah we're gonna get squeezed and what comes 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 out it's important yeah. <laughs> it really yeah. is yeah. so we've got to put wow. that in haven't we yeah. that goodness in for sure oh. amazing oh, wow this, this has been such an incredible conversation and thank you so so much Natalie for everything that you've shared today I've been literally just yeah so many takeaways for myself and um I know there will be many for our listeners too um and yeah it's just been so incredible to chat today it really has 
Thank you. And we'll pop all of Natalie's details in the show yes. notes as well, guys. So you can um, uh, click of a button access how to work with Natalie one to one. So, yes, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yes. Um, and we-, we look forward to speak. Well, seeing you in September for the masterclass. Yes. <laughs> the masterclass and the membership. That's going to be amazing. Thank you so oh. much, Natalie. And yeah, speak to you very soon. Thanks, Sue. Soon. Take care. Bye. 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 Thank you so much for listening. We hope you feel inspired to take a step forward today. And remember, be so proud of yourself when you do. We would love to hear your thoughts on the show. So please do take a moment to leave us a review and make sure you hit follow to never miss an episode. If you are ready to take this to the next level and be surrounded by women who have also chosen to lift the lid on their lives and see all that's so possible then head over to www.theauthenticgirlsclub.com and join us today. We are the self-development community for women to transform and create a life they love now. And we cannot wait to welcome you. Sending our love today and always. Kat and Charlotte.